This is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore in for Sasha Ann Simons. Can you buy most of the things you need without leaving your neighborhood? Do you have places to eat or socialize within walking distance? Those are some of the markers of a thriving community. Another is local ownership. When shops and restaurants are owned and operated by people from the neighborhood, more dollars stay in the neighborhood. Aisha Butler wants to see more of that in Inglewood. She's the executive director of RAGE, the resident association of Greater Inglewood. The group recently launched its RAGE Economic Uplift Pro- Upliftment Project, excuse me, or REUP, which is offering affordable commercial space to Black entrepreneurs. Hey, Aisha, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you, Natalie. Glad to be here. And also with us is Liz Dozier, founder and CEO of Chicago Beyond, a philanthropic venture fund that's investing in REUP. Hey, Liz. Hey, how are you? Good. Aisha, tell us what the REUP project is. Um, in so many words, it's um, basically taking a look, a really deep dive look at the economic landscape of Inglewood and really, really um, promoting and supporting our Black-owned business owners, um, really promoting home ownership, and really supporting um, anyone who is looking to rotate the local dollar here at Inglewood. What kinds of businesses are you hoping to cultivate? So for our first project, which is a commercial development project, we are looking to cultivate a restaurant or more of a destination space um, for food um, at the former Leon's building located at 59th and Racine. Um, So because the way the layout of the building is, um, it will be perfect for a Black-owned sit-down restaurant here. What kind of cuisine are you looking to have? <laughs> so we're so what we're doing is really talking to our members, talking to residents. Um, we're working with the Greater Chatham Initiatives Food Lab to figure out the best place to go. As this is a flagship project to really start a Black business district on 59th, and so. We've heard things like two fish. We've heard things like um, flaves, ooey, um, just a variety of different places. But I think what most people have said to us is the breakfast and like kind of the dining for, you know, breakfast or lunch and possibly even fine dining at, at night. What happens when money leaves a neighborhood? I mean, we we saw it. I mean, we see it. I, I you know, I live here in Inglewood, and so when you see that this kind of dollar is constantly rotating out, you have these abandoned corridors. You have um, businesses who are not reflective of the population here, and then you just really have um, you know a workforce that's ignored from the business sector in our community. Um, We see it as we walk around with the vacant lots, the vacant commercial spaces. um, And then it also doesn't garner any additional investments when that dollar is leaving. And so we just really have taken a a really hard look at how much money is leaving our community. And it has a lot to do with all the problems that we're faced from violence, from home ownership. I mean, it just trickle down to so much um, when that dollar constantly leaves our community. Liz, your organization, Chicago Chicago Beyond, has funded the REUP project through its Holistic Healing Fund. Tell us about this fund. 
Sure. So the Holistic Healing Fund is, is a $10 million investment to support holistic healing for Chicago's communities, which includes our, our partners like Asia and Rage. Um, and basically it's dedicated uh, intentionally towards directing funds towards black and brown leaders and black-centered and brown-centered uh, work, uh, and particularly organizations who have not previously received substantial funding and have had just limited access to resources they need to grow um, their visions, their ideas, particularly around healing. Uh, and that includes really support for the individuals themselves and the collectives that um, are doing this work. Um, the fund just recognizes and honors just the diverse and connected forms of harms that really exist and really the multitude of healing approaches that are possible for our young people, for our communities overall. How much is in the fund? $10 million uh, is dedicated towards Chicago and Chicago's communities. Liz, what kind of barriers of funding have you seen for Black and Brown leaders? Yeah, so I think overall, and I'd love to hear Asia's response to this overall, but, you know, just racial bias, both personal and institutional, whether it's conscious or unconscious, it really creeps into all parts of the philanthropic and grant-making process. And the result is truly that um, nonprofit organizations, particularly those led by people of color, receive less money than those led by their white counterparts. And philanthropy, I think, unintentionally ends up reinforcing the very social ills that it says it's trying to uh, improve. And so that's such an important point, I think, for funders to recognize and, and to realize um, that, this, that, that this racial bias does creep into the grant-making process. And there are specific things that we can do to um, really turn that on its head and get resources to where they need to go. Aisha, how do you um, view the barriers and what have you learned in the first couple of months since launching Reup? Yeah, um, it kind of what Liz was saying, I think overall there is a trust issue um, of black leaders, black and brown leaders. And so even though Rage has been out, you know, founded since 2010, um, we've seen resources really go to white-led organizations within our community um, who are not really, you know, connected with the people who are not really here. And so um, just in general, sometimes the barrier is just race, that it's a black woman who's running the organization. And, um, you know, we didn't really see an influx of funding until the civil unrest of last year, although we've been doing this work since 2010. Um, many times those white-led organizations continue to grow, continue to flourish. They receive, they get assets. I mean, it's tons of examples here in Inglewood where we've seen that happen. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it's disheartening, you know, for folks who are working so hard and right here on the block with the people most affected, but not having that support from philanthropy. Do you feel like you have to sell Inglewood? Are you running against the barriers of, well, people in that neighborhood can't afford this or it's too violent or whatever, whatever it is that people may have in mind about a community that they really don't know. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, and, I, you know, we can't, you know, I can't deny that it's been mismanagement of resources and allocations that have happened within our community that people are a little leery. Um, I've read books before where folks felt like, you know, money comes into Inglewood and it goes in a black hole and you never see what happens with that money. So I can definitely understand 
some of that, you know, apprehension to invest in organizations. But at the end of the day, it's plenty, I mean, here who are doing the work all year round, um, who just sometimes just don't get that fair shot, you know, have the media to talk about our work. Sometimes we don't have the, the resources to to seek grants. And so, you know, it's, a, a, it's various barriers that just happens in general with Black-led organizations similar to RAGE. This is Reset. I'm not. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Just to piggyback off that point, I think it's important as we think about narratives just to highlight what Asia was saying. Like, yes, so some of those things have happened with mismanagement, but by and large, overall, money that goes into Inglewood is being put to great use, and people who are, you know, doing work, who are supporting work in Inglewood, are doing the right thing. And so, I just want to call that out. I think it's important to call into this conversation as well. Absolutely. This is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore in for Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, we're talking with Aisha Butler, Executive Director of RAGE, about their new program, ReUp, which will be offering affordable commercial space to Black entrepreneurs and businesses who are committed to long-term investment in Inglewood. Also with us is Liz Dozier, founder and CEO of Chicago Beyond. At the core of both of your strategies is relationship building. So let's dig a little deeper into that. I want to hear from both of you on this one. What does long-term investment mean to you and why is it important? You, do you want to start, Liz? No, I should go ahead. <laughs> um, so long-term investment, like for me, is it is the relationship part. You know, it's not necessarily just um, in, a, in a sense of panic and, you know, watching news stories and all of a sudden, you know, throwing money at organizations without really um, building a relationship with them, learning their culture, learning how we work, learning some of the issues and barriers that we have even running an organization in communities like Inglewood. Um, Long-term investment is not necessarily a one-stop, you know, one year, we'll write a check and then that's it. That's really looking at for anything to truly cultivate and grow, it's going to take years. You know, we already know that um, just in general, how long it took to, for Inglewood to be in the space that it's in now, it takes that much longer to kind of get it out of that space. And so for me, it's, it's really being on the journey together and not necessarily um, looking at this from a point of, you know, I'm in power with money, but more so like how do we work in partnership together and continue on, you know, more than a year, two years, three years, five years even. Um, that's what it that's why it's important to me. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Asia. I think that's absolutely true. I think it's two things for me. It's one, it's just recognizing like the systemic nature of the issues that we're talking about. Like things just didn't pop out of nowhere and understanding like why our communities are in distress and, and, and overall that, you know, we didn't get into the position that we're in, you know, overnight. We're not going to get out of it overnight. And that requires, like Asia said, long-term investments in communities to help um, create that holistic, you know, healthy environment um, that we are all searching and striving for. And the other piece is, you know, Asia hit the nail on the head, which is really relationship building. And it's truly the core of the work at Chicago Beyond. Uh, we recently wrote um, uh, a publication called Whole Philanthropy, and it's really about our orientation to this work, which has always been fundamentally rooted in um, that connectivity, knowing that, you know, yes, you know, Chicago Beyond supports organizations with resources, financial and otherwise, 
but that together, collectively, the organizations that we support in Chicago beyond, um, you know, come up with the solutions together and that there's so much knowledge in our nonprofit community that we need to take a look at and really help to um, uh, guide our decisions and fundamentally shifting how philanthropy really operates in community from more of a you know, philanthropic centered, you know, the, the people who have the checks, like have the answers into a model that is more acknowledging the, again, the resources, the institutional knowledge that community members and nonprofits um, have when it comes to their own spaces and places. Philanthropy can't do it alone. How are you lever- leveraging relationships with the private sector, getting capital, as well as the public sector? Yeah, so again, for me, or for, <laughs> for Liz, I know for me, um, we can't do it alone. You know, we already know that we can't rely solely on philanthropy to, to get this done. But I think our motto has always been that the residents in this community are truly the assets. And usually they have the answers, they have the talent, they have the will to move things forward. And so working with our members, working with the city of Chicago, working with the state and philanthropy kind of together um, is exactly what the REUP is. And that's what we, you know, that's why we went into commercial development. We knew this couldn't be done from just a philanthropy lens. We knew it couldn't be done just from rage. And so we're looking at all different ways that we could, you know, and even the corporate sector and how they can help us really re-up the, the residents of Inglewood. What's the next phase? So our next phase is actually closing on the building that we're looking to acquire. Um, we haven't closed as of yet. Um, we also are on our second um, cohort of our Buy the Block program, which is actually at capacity as of now. We finished up our first one um, in 2021 and are walking um, hand in hand with those participants to get them to home ownership. And then we have some research to do around some of the residential development that we want to also do around the commercial corridor. So um, we have a re-up working group. We meet monthly now. And so it's really um, just looking at all the different pillars of the re-up and kind of picking those apart and getting the right residents to help lead those pillars. Are there other vacant or abandoned properties that you hope to secure? Yes, it is. Um, there's actually several across the street from the flagship project. It's a few more on the And, and that's on that 59th and Racine, you said? Yep, yep. 59th and Racine is the former Leon's building where Leon's Barbecue used to be. Um, so for folks who know Leon's. Um, and then it's several other properties that are within kind of our development area that we're focusing on from Halstead through about Moomin. It's other opportunities. And, and even I'm hearing from the Cook County Land Bank, other Black-owned businesses who are even not a part of the re-up are starting to migrate on that 59th Street corridor. Why did you choose that corridor? You know, I felt like it was um, underdeveloped. I mean, it wasn't much that was happening there. And it was an opportunity while the city has kind of focused on investing Southwest and the 63rd Street kind of Whole Foods area. This was another corridor that was being ignored. And so when we started looking at the inventory, it was way more inventory on this actual corridor to, to, to do this proof of concept. And quickly, before we close out, how can people learn more about this work? 
Yeah, we actually have a, a page, um, the, the RageReup.org. This is an opportunity for Black-owned businesses who are interested in the REUP to apply and at least express their interest. Um, we um, launched a Black business directory, so our Black business directory is there. If folks want to be a part of the working group, you can sign up there. And then if you want to actually be added to the Black business directory, you can also sign up there. So that's the RageReup.org. Great. That's Aisha Butler, Executive Director of Rage Inglewood. And we've also had Liz Dozier, founder and CEO of Chicago Beyond. Thank you both so much.